We are now going to hear from Phil Bowyer, who's going to preach our next preach in our series of Living Well, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Can I encourage you, if you haven't read the book yet from Pete Scazzaro, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, it's such a brilliant book. I've been reading it and it's just changed a lot of the ways that I'm thinking, the ways that I'm in touch with my emotions, how I deal with things from the past. It's, it's a brilliant book and we're preaching our way through the book. And uh, it's my privilege to introduce my good friend, Phil Bowyer, to you. I just love his passion for God. And I love the way he is he's living so close to God's heart and how he listens so carefully to him. So um, open your hearts and receive what he's got to say to us. Well, thank you. We are going to today continue our Live Well uh, preaching series that we've been working through over the last few weeks. And today we are going to be looking at uh, the topic, the subject of Sabbath rest. Uh, so we've been working through the book uh, written, by, written by Peter Scazzaro called The Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And uh, today we're going to be picking up the topic of Sabbath rest. Now I wonder, um, perhaps if you've had a job before, you might be familiar with this uh, scenario, but um, at my work, certainly in many settings, different settings, I seem to have heard the same conversation. And it goes a little bit like this. Um, by the way, I've also been guilty of being part of this conversation, and I've probably many of us have as well uh, before. You'll, you'll be very familiar with it, I'd imagine. But the conversation amongst colleagues and sometimes ourselves goes a bit like this. We return to work on a Monday, and, uh, and everyone kind of looks at each other and, you, you know, um, you go, come on Monday, here we go again, back to the grindstone. Here we go, start the slog. Come on Friday, roll on Friday. And, um, and then we get to Wednesday, so we've done Tuesday. We get to Wednesday and Wednesday for some reason is called hump day. I'm not sure if you've come across that. I think that's because, you know, you have the uphill slog from Monday until Tuesday and then the downhill run from, I guess, somewhere in the middle of Wednesday through to Friday. And on Wednesday, people are, you know, just despairing of life and kind of thinking, oh, can it, can it possibly get any worse? Um, and then we get to Thursday and we've done Thursday and Friday comes and people can very, very, very rarely, you know, contain the jubilation in their bones um, because Friday's arrived. And, uh, and that means Saturday comes next and Sunday and they're two days off. Um, and <laughs> lo and behold, we end up going into the weekend and, um, you know, whatever people do over the weekend, they do over the weekend and you come back on Monday and everyone looks at each other again and goes, God, that weekend went too quick. Uh, where did it go? I wish weekends were longer. I wish they made three or four day weekends. Um, but... They don't exist, they never have done unless you get a brilliant bank holiday which is sandwiched either side of Saturday and Sunday. But we end up in a cycle uh, where come Monday we're all going, oh, I wish, a bank, I wish our weekends were longer. Um, and oh, I guess it's back to the grindstone again. Um, and it's, it's funny, it's almost a comedy sketch. In fact, I, there probably is comedy sketches all over YouTube or something that talks about this very situation. Um, and it's interesting because one of the things that has got to be crystal clear from this uh, conversation that many of us will have engaged with is that there's something essential that we are all seeking 
uh, and yet struggling to find. And that is this issue, this subject of rest. And um, the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, right, the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1, it tells us that God created all things. And after creating all things, he rested. On the seventh day, we read in Genesis 1, God rested. Now, God isn't finite. He isn't fragile like you and me. He doesn't tire. The Bible says he doesn't tire or grow weary. Um, no, God is from everlasting to everlasting and there's nothing too great for him. He doesn't weary like you and I do. Um, and yet he rested after all of his creationing. He decided to rest. And so God, full of glory, immeasurable uh, and incomparable in his glory and his majesty, decided it was good to stop. And so on, on day seven, as, uh, as, as Genesis tells us, God stopped and he rested and he delighted. He delighted in his creation, that which he had made, the beautiful masterpiece of creation. Um, a few weeks ago, it was just before Christmas actually, um, I started the project of building a console unit. Um, a console unit is probably just a posh word. I found out it was called a console unit. It's probably just a posh word actually for um, a, a nice piece of furniture that goes in your lounge um, that I was going to put our TV on. Uh, it was going to make our lounge wonderful and beautiful and, 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 and make it much more aesthetically pleasing. And I finished it. That's not quite true. I finished the structure of it. The, the, the structural um, part of it was done, completed before Christmas. Hurrah! And um, I subsequently was exhausted from my work. And so I rested and I needed to rest. It was a well-earned rest. Interestingly, actually, uh, there are little parts of it that still aren't finished because I didn't completely finish it. But after, after making this thing um, out of rustic scaffolding boards that needed a lot of work, I rested. I needed a well-earned rest after all of that. And actually one of the uh, quite interesting and, and beautiful observations here is that unlike my story of resting after building this console unit, TV unit, um, God in the story, the creation account of Genesis, makes man on day six. Now why is that important? Because God rested on day seven, which means man's first full day was a day of rest, of being with God. And I actually, uh, I remember thinking about this as I was preparing for this um, sermon and I hadn't, honestly, I hadn't really come across this yet before. And I thought, wow, that's, that's significant. You know, I rested from building the TV unit. I built the TV unit and I needed a rest. God's designed us in the creation order. He designed us, he designed us to rest, to rest with God first, before anything else, before any activity, before any doing, before any worries, before any concerns. Rest, rest in God, enjoy, delight in his creation. Enjoy doing the good things um, that he has given you to do. That's what he invited um, Adam and Eve to do. And then they worked. And I just think that's, if nothing else, that's a really significant observation and something that maybe we should ponder about a little bit. So God created us to rest and we need it. We need rest. And God shows us this principle in rest. Later on, 
um, after the Genesis account, um, the people of Israel form, they end up in Egypt. God frees them from the people of Egypt who take them into slavery. So the people of Israel are enslaved. God brings them out of slavery. And after he brings them out of slavery, he brings the Israelites to a, to a place called Sinai, desert in the Middle East. And at the mountain, Mount Sinai, in this place, God gives the people of Israel commandments, uh, rules, if you like. Do this, keep this, and it will go well with you, and you'll be a, a healthy, looked-after people. And the fourth commandment, the longest commandment, actually, and most specific, interestingly, is the fourth commandment, which is to Sabbath. And it says this in Exodus 20, It says in verse 8, remember the Sabbath. This is the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you should do no work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, your livestock or the sojourner, that's the the, the person who's in your midst who's not from the people of Israel, the person travelling through, who is within your gates, For in six days God, the Lord, made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So my question to you is, um, what do you do with the Sabbath? What do you do with the Sabbath? The Jews took it very seriously. They they did what it says there in, in Exodus 20. Uh, verse 8 through to 11, they rested, they stopped, they, they, they delighted in God, they made space, they stopped doing, they stopped working. So what do you do? What do we do now? I think in our culture, this has gone straight out the window uh, for, for, you know, for many of us. And actually, I've, I've been really, really provoked um, thinking about this um, because for me, uh, I, I may have attempted to have a Sabbath of sorts, um, to have an off day, a stop day. But in actual fact, uh, I've <laughs> I failed in many ways in the sense that I, I've not stopped to delight in God. I've not, um, I've, not, I've not separated my Sabbath, be it a Saturday or a Sunday, from all the other days of the rest of the week. It's not looked um, like a day that's been devoted as holy to the Lord. What does it look like for you? Do you actually take the Sabbath seriously? So maybe actually, maybe you're like me. Maybe you cram everything that you can't do in the week from Monday to Friday. Maybe you, you've, you've learned to cram that into the weekend, which means, well, neither Saturday or Sunday can be your Sabbath because they're jammed full of activity of the things that you didn't get to in the week. So maybe you're, 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 you're guilty the same as me, is just filling up those days. Um, uh, Saturday or Sunday or both of them which means that uh, you know you end up come Monday with the rest of your colleagues thinking oh where did that go that wasn't helpful that wasn't that wasn't restful maybe actually uh, you're a bit better and you you learn to to stop you've learned to to really mark this day out as separate no this day I'm not going to concern myself with my occupation I'm not going to concern myself with all the chores and the tasks that I need to get to um, and actually, maybe you do well, you know, you rest and you enjoy it, but you sideline God and God's not in the picture or in the equation. I know that's true of me sometimes, and I imagine I'm not the only one. Do you do the same?
perhaps actually you're, you're quite different and you're a workaholic. Um, and for many of us, you know, or for some of us, we love our jobs. And that's not a bad thing. In fact, that's a really good thing. Um, but perhaps you love your job too much. And because of the amount that you love your job, you draw your work from Monday to Friday into the weekend. Maybe you work shifts and you love your job, in which case that gets even more tricky because your days off are sandwiched in between uh, work days very often and it's only one and you get crowded with all sorts of stuff, the stuff that you need to get to um, and the stuff that you want to enjoy and, and perhaps you still neglect God in the process. Therefore, you know, your day is not a Sabbath. It's not a day that's wholly devoted to the Lord. Perhaps actually, um, and certainly in this, in this COVID um, pandemic, maybe you've been made redundant and, and maybe you, you don't have work, you're unemployed. Uh, perhaps you're retired and, uh, and because of that, your days, generally speaking, look the same. And, and therefore, it's quite hard to differentiate any one day from the others. Um, how do you find that? Do you, do you still manage to Sabbath and separate a day from all of the others that might seem fairly monotonous and the same? Do you manage to, to still get a day in there and say, no, this is a day actually which is wholly devoted to the Lord? It's a difficult thing. And I imagine certainly in our culture, which is very much a go, go, go culture, do culture, achieve culture, prove your worth culture by everything that you've got. Um, I imagine that, I know for me, it means that it makes it very difficult to stop and to rest. So like I said, this, um, this whole topic I found really actually quite provoking in a really, really good way and I'd love us to be provoked together because I think I'm not the only one. The Lord made the Sabbath day which is holy to the Lord and, and interestingly, uh, it's true that in spite of whatever your, your circumstances are, whatever life looks like, whether you're unemployed or employed, we can always find that there's something more that we need to do. We always find that there's another task, another job, another chore um, that needs to be addressed or looked at or managed. Um, a worry, a concern, a phone call that you could have now um, because you can't put it off to tomorrow. Or can you? But, um, you know, there's always something else that we need to get to. And I think there's, there's, there's a fear in us which is that if we don't get to these things, these concerns, perhaps it's relationships. You know, some of these things are major. Some of these things are big deal, are a big deal for us. Um, and actually, if we don't get to it, then that's just going to fall apart. Um, or, you know, life's going to come to ruin. And actually, there's an element where we need to say, no, God's called us to stop. He's called, he's called me to stop. And that means I need to trust him. That means I need to trust him with all of this stuff. All of the stuff that goes on in life, for me to Sabbath, I need to trust in God. Because Scazzaro, in this book that we're reading, he says it really helpfully. Um, he says this, to stop is built into the literal meaning of the Hebrew word Sabbath. Yet most of us can't stop until we're finished with, what, what, with whatever it is we think we need to get to. We need to complete our projects, our term papers, our, return our emails, return all the phone calls that we've uh, not been able to return yet, complete the balancing of our checkbooks, finish cleaning the house. There's always something more. There's always one more goal that needs to be reached before stopping. 
And then he goes on to say a little bit later, God is at work taking care of the universe. He manages quite well without us having to run things. When we are sleeping, he is working. So he commands us to relax and enjoy the fact that we are not in charge of this world. That even if we die, the world will continue on nicely without us. Every Sabbath reminds us to be still and know that he is God, as Psalm 46 says, and stop worrying about tomorrow. I thought that was really, really helpful. And actually, if there's one person who modelled this perfectly, you know where I'm going to go, but if there's one person that modelled this Sabbathing and resting and stopping well, it was Jesus. You know, Jesus, we think sometimes oh, our lives are so full, they're so demanding, that I've got so many things that I need to get to. And for many of us, that's, that is true. Jesus, in the height of his ministry, was busy. He had people demanding his time, uh, events and engagements that he had promised that he was going to get to, that he said he was going to get to, that he was going to speak at, the synagogues that he was going to speak at, um, people to heal, people to raise from the dead, crowds to address, people to, to care for. Jesus was preoccupied with people, and yet Jesus demonstrates this better than anyone else. You know, when Jesus uh, was tired, when Jesus, because he was a human, he was man. And so he lived in the confines of being human, the restrictions of being human, which was that he tired. And when he did, he would separate himself from the crowds. He would take himself away from the busyness of life and he would go um, and spend time with his father in heaven. Jesus modelled this wonderfully and he was busy just like you and I. We have a wonderful, a great high priest, uh, as the book of Hebrews tells us. A great high priest, that is Jesus, who is our example in all of this, in stopping and delighting and resting in him. You see, because Jesus did what he did, because Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we who could not have rest have now been brought into relationship with God because he's dealt with our sins so that now we can have rest. Friends, because of what Jesus has done, we can have rest. In Hebrews 4, it says, So then there remains rest, Sabbath rest, for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter this rest. Jesus invites us. In, in Matthew 11, he invites us. Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus has brought for us rest. He has got rest for us and he invites us to come in and to enjoy that rest. He said, come to me. If you are weary, if you are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's an invitation for us to enjoy Sabbath rest. There's an invitation for us, friends. This might sound strange, but I think when I remember 
that there's rest on offer for me, that he has invited me and offered me this rest. When I remember that, it's much more easy for me to, and I want, I'd, I'd love us to live uh, you know, in, in these days and the months and the weeks ahead uh, with uh, being reminded that he has offered us He has done everything that needs to be done to offer us this opportunity to come into his presence and to rest, to stop, to Sabbath, to rest well. So what does this involve then? How can I rest well? Well, Peter Scazzaro in this chapter, he he gives us four elements of Sabbathing well. First, he says, stop. Um, Actually, while I was thinking about this, I remember I I used to live in London and um, when I was on the underground once, I think I was making my way home or or to work, uh, I remember going down the escalators into the tube, into the underground, and on the right you'll get all these advertisements and one of them was fatigue tablets. Um, I mean, my memory's probably fairly hazy on this one, but I just remember seeing this poster on the wall, which was advertising fatigue tablets. And I thought it's, it's so ironic because these fatigue tablets are, you know, to keep us going. If you want to achieve in the world, in this London rat race or wherever rat race you're preoccupied and sucked into, if you want to achieve, if you want to do better than your colleagues uh, and your associates, take these fatigue tablets and you will be able to keep on going. You'll achieve greatness. And at the same time, everyone's going, oh, but I need rest. I desperately need rest. It's just a, it's, it's, it's an interest, they're like juxtapositions. People want to achieve. They, they want to not feel tired, yet they want rest more than anything. I found that really, really quite funny. And actually God says, no, stop. The Sabbath is for you to stop. The Sabbath, as we read earlier in the book, the Hebrew word for Sabbath means to stop. And so God has called us to stop. He's invited us to stop doing all of the stuff we were doing. If you've been preoccupied with work and, and with the stresses, anxieties that we bring into our Sabbath, it's a fairly major one. God says, no, stop, lay those down, put them at my feet, come to me and, 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 and stop and be at rest. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46. We all are very used to living at 100 miles an hour and God would say, no, there's a time for you to stop and to slow down. He's called, uh, he's called us to rest. Uh, Peter Scazzaro's second um, element of engaging with the Sabbath well is rest. That means, you know, do what energises you. It means do what replenishes you and that which um, feeds your soul as opposed to saps your soul. It means gives yourself to on your Sabbath day, regardless of whether you're um, uh, working Monday to Friday and have the weekend off, regardless of whether you do shifts, where you fit your Sabbath is a priority. And when you have fitted your Sabbath on your Sabbath, rest. Do what energises you. Find time to uh, 
to paint if you love painting, to cycle if you love cycling, to watch sports if you like watching sports, to play sports if you like playing sports. Make time to, uh, to rest, to do what re-energizes re you. It's important for us. He, he then says the third aspect is delight. Take time to delight in God. Take time to delight in his creation. I remember when um, I was 19, my first trip to the Alps uh, um, on a ski holiday. Um, I remember going up the ski lift, getting to the top of the mountain. Oh, what I perceive to top is very hard to know whether you're actually at the top of the mountain. But looking across from where I was, being able to see the vast, vast, glorious, beautiful scenery um, ahead of me and just going, wow, wow. And for me, that was a moment of delighting, delighting in God's creation, uh, delighting in the sunsets that we see um, out of our bedroom windows, if your bedroom windows are facing in the right direction, um, or, or on a beach, you know. Um, be able to delight. Give yourself space to be able to delight in the small things of life. When you're going out, and you've, because you've created space on your Sabbath, when you're going out for a walk, or whatever it is you're doing, make space to delight in the things of God. You know, he's created so many things for us to enjoy. So many things for us to be able to enjoy. Maybe, maybe, you, just, maybe you just need to accept the invitation that, that God is offering you to, 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 to come and to delight in those things, to enjoy the good things that he's made for you to enjoy and to rest and to stop and to make the most of those things. The fourth is this area of contemplation. Um, and I think it's actually, you know, with, with mindfulness and other streams of thought that are out there, is becoming a little bit more forefront than perhaps it has been in more recent years. But this area of con contemplation is just to reflect. Have time on your Sabbath to reflect, to meditate, uh, to think upon uh, our wonderful God and King, to spend time with him. The Sabbath for the, for the Jewish people meant that um, during the day they spent time worshipping together and praying and honouring and thanking him, uh, their, their wonderful God, our God. And so I would invite you, as Peter invites you in this chapter, to also contemplate, to make space, create space in your day where you're able to, to, to come away from some of the busy things that are going on around you and to say, I'm just going to dedicate 20 minutes or half an hour or an hour or whatever it is to say, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to think about God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to uh, read his word. I'm going to enjoy him. I would encourage you to do that. Uh, not only you, but myself. This is a message to me also. Friends, we, we, we get to make the most of Sabbathing. He's given us this um, to enjoy. And so I would encourage us to enjoy this. Enjoy the offer that he's given us. Imagine your perfect Sabbath. Imagine waking up on Saturday or Sunday, whenever you Sabbath, even if it's in the week, imagine waking up that day, your work is finished, you've done all of the stuff that you needed to get to in the week, and you said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring those into this day. This day is, is set apart as a day which is now holy to the Lord. And so you wake up an hour which is pleasing to you, uh, <laughs> if you haven't got children, um, young children that is. Uh, and, and you're able to say, 
um, because you've arranged it beforehand with your spouse or with your children. Uh, just give mummy or daddy uh, 15 minutes. I'm going to have time just enjoying Jesus and spending time with him. Imagine if you were able to have that time resting in his presence and contemplating his goodness. Imagine that. The good that that does you, that feeds your spirit on your Sabbath day. And then after that, maybe you have breakfast with the family, fun and games, and you're able to do the things that you love, uh, to engage with your children. If you don't have kids, to go for that long bike ride that you wanted to go to, uh, to go on. To sit down with your big canvas and to paint it and to get your paints out and to go crazy. To go down to your local rugby club um, that you're signed up for and you know, give it all that you've got and enjoy, uh, enjoy the fullness of what God's given you to enjoy in recreation. Imagine then being able to come back in the afternoon and stop and just enjoy the fact that God's given you space in the week to not engage yourself with anything else. And where worries might creep in, you can say, Lord, I've given them to you. As serious as they are, which I know sometimes for many of us won't necessarily be easy, but a good discipline nonetheless to say, Lord, I've given them to you. You've called me to rest in you. I will always be able to get to something else another time. You've called me to rest in you, and so I'm going to do that. And then in the evening, you have your friends round, or in COVID, you have them on a Zoom screen, and you play charades or Pictionary or something crazy like that. Um, imagine a Sabbath day like that, friends. God has called us to enjoy him and to make the most of Sabbathing, of stopping, of keeping a day, one day set apart from all the other days in the week and saying this day is holy to the Lord. Friends, I want to encourage you along as I encourage myself to as well, to engage with this because it is good for our souls. He has given us and invited us into this opportunity of resting, stopping and resting and enjoying him and enjoying the good things he's given us. And it's well worth us pursuing. I'm going to hand back over uh, to the host. Over to you. Thank you so much, Phil. That was so helpful, just knowing how we can rest in God and how, how important that is. Brilliant. Well done. Father, we want to build our lives on you. Jesus, we want to build our lives on you. You are, you are the firm foundation. And we pray that you will help us this week to find rest in the busyness of life. Father, help us to to, like Phil was saying, take those moments in the day where we fix our eyes on you and, and we, we, we get together with you and, and just sit with you and, and enjoy your presence. Uh, help us to find ways that we can be creative, ways that we can find rest and recharge our batteries. We pray that you will help us as a church to do this well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of our meeting here today. I think it's just been brilliant. Thank you so much for the worship team for doing that. It's, it's so good what you've been doing and it helps us to worship together. And thank you, Phil, for the brilliant preach. It was just amazing. Well done. It's really good. If you want to get in touch, if you've got some feedback for us, or if you want to know more about what's happening at Life Church, if you want to hear some exciting stories of what God has been doing in life groups and, and just things, events that are coming up and things that we're doing as a church, make sure you sign up for Life News. Head over to our website, wearelifechurch.uk. Make sure you do that so you keep up to date with everything that's happening. That's it, and we'll see you all back next week.